This LGBT MPA podcast is brought to you by SF Travel. San Francisco is home to a little bit of everything. Whether you're a first-time visitor or a long-time local, San Francisco's Golden Gates welcome all. Visit sftravel.com. That's sftravel.com to find out all things San Francisco. The fog will wait for you. Welcome to SPIN. I'm Derek Johnson. COVID-19 has and will continue to impact our personal and professional lives, hitting some harder than others. How is this pandemic impacting those living in metropolitan environments? Hashtag Lime. And is there anything DMCs can do to help? What trends are they seeing emerge from social distancing? And how are they preparing their teams and cities for a new normal? Today, we're joined by Joe D'Alessandro, President and CEO of San Francisco Travel, and we'll explore the impacts of COVID-19 on today and its potential impact on the meetings and hospitality industry tomorrow. Now, it's time for some Corona with Lime. Joe, welcome to SPIN. Alrighty, let's start with the temperature check. How is SF Travel and how are you doing in this time of social distancing? Well, you know, it's it's fine. Obviously, you know, we're healthy and um, and moving forward and everything like this. But there's no question that it's it's difficult for everybody. It's difficult for us. I mean, kind of my life has always been a life of uh, engaging with people and uh, very actively engaging, going to lots of events, events in the evening and and connecting with people. That's kind of what the hospitality industry is all about. And um, I do miss that uh, a lot. I miss the, the fact that you're not able to work uh, close with your colleagues and your uh, team members and also with, with stakeholders and customers. I mean, this is kind of personal relationships is what makes our industry go forward. And, and with the inability to kind of um, see people uh, on a one-on-one or in person, it makes it a much bigger challenge, I think, for, for everybody. Yeah, I think we can all empathize with that. So what about your team? How are they doing? Well, unfortunately, like a lot of other DMOs, we had to lay off a lot of our staff. Um, in fact, uh, over 60% uh, had to be terminated over two months ago um, because there's just no revenue coming in. Um, we have about uh, 40 staff left and, um, and we're you know maximizing the opportunities to work together to really focus on kind of what our priorities are. Um, we really do uh, meet almost more frequently, um, uh, virtually, uh, just because when you're in an office environment together and you have a question, you can just get up and go to somebody's desk and it's very simple or you see somebody pass it down the hallway. But when you're not able to do that, it's really important that you stay connected on a regular basis. So we're doing a lot more um, uh, conference calls and a lot more interaction like that to make up for the fact that we don't have the, the pleasure and the real benefit of uh, working close to each other. Wow, 60% is a lot. How do you see your role changing or how has it changed in light of this new normal? Well, you know, I think what this is doing is causing a reset. Um, you know, we in San Francisco and a lot of parts of the country and around the world uh, had enjoyed, you know, many, many years of record growth in terms of tourism numbers and spending. In fact, we were in our 11th year of record numbers um, consecutively, which is pretty amazing. And um, in, in the history of modern history of travel and tourism to have so many 
consecutive years of growth. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think we got kind of used to it and uh, we kind of developed our organizations, our businesses, our entities uh, to reflect that. But what this is doing is it's causing us to kind of have a reset and, um, and a recheck on what the real priorities are. What, what should an, an organization like ours, a destination marketing or destination management organization, really look at in, in the future? What are the needs? Um, uh, what are the priorities that our customers want? What are the priorities in terms of selling and marketing a destination? Um, and I think we're going through that process right now. And I think what's going to happen um, when we come through this, and when we come through this, is not just in the next month or two, but in the next couple of years, uh, we're going to look very differently and um, we're going to act very differently. Um, the types of services we provide, I think, will be more relevant. Um, I think we'll have a greater ability to change and be more flexible, be more proactive, be more engaging and, mm-hmm. and be able to deal with more directly what our customers and what our stakeholders need us to do. <laughs> Proactive engagement. It's definitely needed in this evolution that we're experiencing. But um, what about your external stakeholders and partners? How are they doing in this time of travel restrictions and social distancing? You know, a lot of our stakeholders are really being challenged, especially the small businesses, um, uh, restaurants that have not been able to reopen yet. And in, and in some cases, maybe a while. Um, a lot of the experiences that people want when they come to a destination like San Francisco, you know, we're not a destination full of large, you know, amusement parks or big casinos or anything like that. The experience mm-hmm. in San Francisco is more about kind of the interactions that you have in the, in the neighborhoods or going to some of the restaurants and walking around the city. What somebody does when they come to San Francisco as a visitor is pretty much the same what you do in San Francisco as a resident. Um, you know, the, the quality of life and you enjoy that. And a lot of that's not happening right now. You know, those, you cannot go to those restaurants. They're not open. And you cannot go to a lot of those retail experiences or the, uh, the performing arts things or museums or whatever the case may be. That's going to change soon. But right now, they're suffering, um, you know, because there is no revenue coming in. There are no visitors coming in. And, um, and it will take a long time to recover. Um, you know, nationally, there's estimates that 25 percent or more of restaurants won't be able to reopen um, because of kind of how this is impacting our lives and the change. And some of these changes are going to be uh, a permanent. So what we're trying to do is really do everything we can to help um, our businesses weather through this. Um, um, you know, we are working uh, with the restaurants, for example, to encourage people to take out or pick up uh, if they can, whatever the local conditions are that that allow them to, uh, to do that. Also working with our arts organizations to uh, showcase their virtual tours or their virtual performances uh, when they're able to do that, just to keep the uh, enthusiasm alive, keep the engagement alive, and to make sure that when we do come out of this, which we will, that um, they're ready for people and people are ready for them and the experiences uh, will continue to be very positive. So a question around a meeting space. A lot of larger venues around the country, like convention centers and hotels, are being used by medical personnel for testing and care centers. Without a true end in sight for COVID-19, how does this factor into cities reopening? Well, you know, that's a, that's a very interesting point because um, the, some, a lot of the hotels that remain open, you know, a lot of hotels across the country are closed down. But a lot of the hotels that remain open are open simply because they're uh, being used by first responders or, or um, uh, medical professionals or, or other people like that and who need to stay overnight close in. 
And that's been um, uh, allowing these hotels to stay open and keep some staff on and to keep humming along. And um, what we do now, we work with the city clearly. And once we're able to open um, and able to function, we're going to make sure that the hotels are ready. Um, they've been thoroughly cleaned and vetted and that the protocols are in place and that the convention center would be the same thing. Uh, we're dealing with protocol right now at the convention center developing so that when we open it up, we're having uh, not only a proper uh, cleaning uh, in place, but also uh, social distancing. We're laying out the square footage of the convention center and what we can do per room and stuff like that. What we're really proud of in San Francisco is that how proactive uh, the city was and how proactive our mayor was. Um, we declared a state of emergency the first in the country on February 25th. We were the first city in the country to shelter in place. And remember that we have one of the largest um, communities who engage with China. And we had nonstop flights to Wuhan before this. And we were the first place uh, in the country, in the Bay Area, that had cases of, of the virus and um, uh, very early on. And the fact of the matter is, is that it never came, became out of control because we were very proactive in, in taking very bold steps that some thought at that point were, um, were overreactionary. But what you see is that the number of, of uh, cases and the number of deaths in, in the San Francisco Bay Area are far lower than a lot of the other major cities in the country. But that's because we took bold action. And we're going to continue to take bold action as we be, uh, open. We're going to make sure that everything, the protocol is followed. We're going to enforce it, make sure people um, are, are respectful. Uh, of course, people don't like to have their their uh, rights trampled on, but the fact of the matter is you need to wear a mask, um, not necessary to protect yourself, but to protect other people from you. And we're gonna make sure that those things happen and that people who come to San Francisco can come here knowing that we respect the fact that um, we are prioritizing science and medicine over politics in this, in this whole issue. And that uh, we are listening to the authorities and taking the recommendations that uh, they are uh, um, making to make sure that when you come to San Francisco, when this is open and you come back and, and you can enjoy yourself, you can feel pretty comfortable. Um, we were the, the city that kind of uh, flattened the curve first and we're gonna make sure that that curve does not increase once the business uh, opens again. So you mentioned a few already, partnering with your stakeholders, working with your internal team and prioritizing the science um, are all things you're doing to ensure SF travel is ready for post-social distancing. Um, but do you have other recommendations for DMOs or DMCs um, and things that they can do to prepare for post-COVID-19? So a, a number of things. One, um, I think that in the beginning, uh, a lot of us in the industry didn't take this seriously enough. Um, there was a lot of people saying, you know, you can still travel. It's important that we support these meetings and stuff like this. Yeah, that's true. But more importantly, it's, it's important that we make sure that the industry is, is um, respecting kind of the health of our, of our customers. And um, I think it's really important that we um, not only prioritize the profits that are to be made in travel and tourism, but that the experience is safe for everybody. And um, I think that may have been a little mistake we made in the beginning. And I think what we've got to do is learn from this. Um, learn from the fact that this uh, outbreak in the United States is far worse than anywhere else in the world um, because we were not taking the right steps in the beginning and it's spread and it continues to spread and be quite aggressive here where it, whereas the numbers are going down dramatically in other parts of the world, it's still pretty strong in the United States with, um, with the, by far the most deaths, by far the most cases of any country in the world. And, um, 
if we would have taken it a little seriously, more seriously in the beginning, maybe that would have been different. But we are where we are right now. So I think the, the, the key is, is that for DMOs and, and their partners, their stakeholders, their customers, to all work together as we come through this, because what's going to be critical is that we have to provide a positive experience for our visitors. And whether they're here for meetings or whether they're here for leisure travel, um, they're here for business purposes, we have to make sure that their experience is positive and they feel that it's safe. And the only way we can do this is to work collectively. We have to make sure that in a community uh, like San Francisco or any other one, that the protocols that are established are consistent so that when you're coming into a city from outside, you know what the requirements are. If you, you know, you know that there's gonna be hand washing stations around or, or hand sanitizers around, you know what it's gonna, your policy is gonna be about wearing masks or, or, or social distancing. And it's consistent. It's consistent in the convention center, it's consistent in the airport once you arrive, it's consistent in your hotel, it's consistent in your attractions and, and other venues. And, and the more consistency you can provide, the more seamless experience you can provide for a visitor, the better off you, uh, your destination is gonna be, and the better experience um, that the visitor is going to have and your customer is going to have and also the easier it's going to be for them to select you because the last thing a, a, a planner is going to want to do is is pick a destination that's all over the board that you know doesn't require that some areas require uh, social distancing and some don't and then you just don't know what to expect you don't know how to make your uh, experience your meeting uh, successful and safe I think the real key is is that um, we all got a little sassy uh, when everything was so good and we maybe kind of thought we can do it all on our own. What we're finding out is that no, we can't do it on our own. We really need to work together collaboratively. We need to work together with the, with the professionals in the travel industry, uh, the professionals in the meeting industry. We got to work together with our hotels, our venues, our convention center, our airports, our transportation. Make sure, making sure that we're taking every step necessary to work collaboratively to make the experience safe and to make the experience positive. And that's really our focus right now. We have a number of different task forces in the city um, who are uh, developing that protocol right now um, to make sure that when we come out of this, we're gonna come out better. And there are some really exciting things happening right now. For example, there's legislation at City Hall that um, will basically uh, enable restaurants to uh, take over parts of their sidewalks or even parts of the parking in front of their restaurants. We know that people outside are able to, um, you know, the virus doesn't spread as much, but it's also a positive experience to eat outside. So we're gonna be trying to do more and more of that stuff going forward. So speaking of partners and restaurants and venues, uh, have any of them surprised you in the things that they've been able to accomplish in this time of social distancing? Absolutely. I think some uh, businesses and some entities are being super creative um, out there. And, and also, there, there's such a willingness to, to kind of help their staff, um, which I'm really uh, uh, pleased to see. It's not all about the company or the business making a profit, but it's their ability to keep their staff engaged, employed, supported, during this time. Um, and that really speaks volumes to the character of these businesses and in organizations and entities out there that it's not all about just their bottom line, but it's about the people. And ultimately, when you go to a restaurant or you go to a, a, a meeting venue or you go to an attraction, the people make the difference in that experience. And, and I love the fact that so many people in our industry are really focused on the people, the workforce. Um, they're ambassadors to, to the world, basically, 
Um, and that makes a big difference. I, you know, it's a terrible thing to have to lay off staff. We had to do it, hated it. It was one of the worst professional things I've ever had to do um, in my life, especially to the number of staff that we had to lay off when we did. Um, and that's the same when restaurants close or attractions close down. These are lives and they're people that are, uh, that are being impacted by this. But the fact is that I've seen so many um, people really care so much and coming up with creative things for their staff to do in the meantime so that maybe they can have some income or keep their, um, uh, some of their benefits or, or keep engaged in the community, I think are, are all very important. Alrighty. So what are some trends you're seeing um, emerge uh, from social distancing that we should be on the lookout for? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think some of the things that we became accustomed to are going to change. Um, the whole, in the food arena, the whole concept of buffets and and touching utensils that other people have touched. And <laughs> that's not going to be around for a long time. No. You know, um, <laughs> that's going to change. Um, and, you know, a lot of those types of things will change. And, um, and, uh, and we're still figuring out what that means. I mean, what exactly will happen when you are, you know, serving 5,000 people in a, in a lunch, in a, in a, you know, at a menu or a convention center or something like that? How does that meal thing work safely? How do you deal with controlling people who are at a break going to the restroom? I mean, there's all these things that are really interesting um, uh, that seem to be minutia, but are going to be really important for our industry to go forward because a lot of the concern are large gatherings. And so much of what we do in travel and tourism and in the meeting world is large gatherings. Um, and so we have to make sure that, you know, we're taking the necessary steps to make sure that these large gatherings are as safe as they can be. You're going to be seeing a lot more things happening happening outdoors. Um, uh, that's going to be a big change. Uh, whereas before, you always wanted to keep people contained indoors. It was part of it. But you're going to see a lot more things happening outdoors too. Not only restaurants, but but other things that are going to be uh, engaging people. Speakers outdoors or concerts outdoors, just because it's um, a safer environment uh, in some cases. So um, I think that the experience is going to change and. Um, the uh, kind of what we anticipate, what we look for is gonna change, how we get to places. One of the changes that we're gonna see is in the beginning, um, people are gonna be traveling closer to home and um, they're gonna be going to their back in their cars again uh, in the beginning. Ultimately, we'll get back in the airplanes and, and the, the routes will be reestablished. But right now you can't fly everywhere, um, especially internationally. Um, and so we're gonna kind of readjust and, and maybe rediscover more of our home. Uh, our kind of our region uh, where it's easy to get to in a day's drive. Um, that's a that's a fundamental shift for for a lot of destinations. A place like San Francisco last year, 64% of all of our tours and spending were from international delegates and visitors, um, and that's going to change. So we're going to be looking uh, fishing much closer to home uh, going forward because we know that that's the comfort zone and we know that that's the practical nature for the next few months um, until we get back on our feet again and the airlines get back on their feet again. So how are you, uh, for a lack of a better analogy, watering your regional roots? That's, that's a great analogy, actually. Um, so what we're doing now is um, since, you know, really, you, you, you know, we're discouraging people from traveling during, until we have this uh, uh, situation somewhat under control. 
San Francisco and the Bay Area is entering phase two of our opening. So businesses can open now um, for curbside pickup, retail for curbside pickup. You can go and pick up food at restaurants and stuff like that, but you still can't get into the, the businesses. Um, but so I think what we're going to be doing is looking more on engaging people. We're telling a lot of stories in our region through social media and other uh, uh, means to get people who are already familiar with us um, to be more excited about coming to San Francisco. You know, maybe they were planning to take a trip to the East Coast this year or to Hawaii, which you can't necessarily get to right now, or to Asia or Europe or South America or, or you name it. And maybe if they, because people still want to travel, that's like, that's a real key thing. What we're finding in all the visitor sentiment surveys that we're looking at is during this, especially when people are quarantined for such a long time, they want to travel again. Travel is one of the most important things. They'll give up a lot of material uh, purchases, but they want to get back and traveling and then that freedom of getting out and freedom of visiting someplace. So we're just going to be focusing more in, in the first stage of our regional area. We're lucky to be in an in a area with a large population. California's got 40 million people in it. And, and so we're going to be really focusing a lot of our initial attention onto the region. And as things open up more, then we're going to go on a wider uh, net and, and go more nationally and then ultimately internationally. Um, uh, it's going to take some time. Uh, we're not anticipating that to see 2019 numbers again until probably 2022 or 23. <clears throat> so it's going to be a while to, um, to, uh, to do that. But we're going to start in our backyard. People that know us, people that find it easy to get to us, and people that uh, have positive experiences about coming here in the past. So two-part question here. Uh, you mentioned the expansion of outdoor events and engagements. SF is in a more temperate environment compared to one in the north northeast. Um, what's the feasibility of more events expanding outdoors with larger degrees, no pun intended, of weather variations? And part two, completely opposite side of this. What are your thoughts on the elusive virtual event? Well, I think that um, for one thing, every destination has its ability to be flexible about how. Um, they can host events and outdoor events. I know the weather's not the same everywhere. You know, we'll get rain sometimes in the wintertime, and, and, but we can be flexible. We can learn how to do it for a, a way that fits San Francisco. And we're fortunate that we have a, a mild climate year round, but other places that don't can also figure out ways to make it happen. Uh, and, and that's important because it's not just that you have to have, uh, you know, sunny days year round to make it work. There's ways to make it work. The, the, the real important thing is the flexibility. I really think that virtual stuff is great um, when uh, uh, you're in a crisis like this, but people really need to engage in person. And um, we've seen it before after 9-11 and after the, the uh, Great Recession in 2008 and, and that, you know, there was a big fear in the meeting industry that people were going to start meeting virtually and they didn't need to engage directly. And then what happened as soon as those crises ended, people realized that you can't really successfully meet or do business and conduct business without getting together um, uh, in person. And the trade shows and meetings and conventions came back in a, in a big flurry. I think the same is going to happen now. I think what's going to happen during the quarantine is that we're talking virtually and we're using a lot of Zoom calls or FaceTime, whatever, whatever method you use. And then as we start to open up more and more, you're going to see a, a, a combination of a virtual and in-person, smaller gatherings, um, more people are able to uh, participate virtually, but um, there will be some 
gatherings. And, and then you're going to see that start to shift and go more away from, from uh, virtual things and more in person. I think the biggest change overall during this on the, on, and what we're finding out uh, virtually is a lot of companies are going to realize that they don't have to have their staff in an office. And that's going to be a fundamental shift. More and more in, in, in the Bay Area School of the biggest tech companies in the world, and a lot of these are saying they may never go back to full-time staff in their offices again. This may be a permanent shift. Others are saying, yeah, it's probably going to be 50% of our staff will go back and 50% will stay virtual. That's going to be a fundamental shift. But the fact of the matter is, is when you conduct business and um, uh, people do need to get together, they do need to meet. And we're talking to these same tech companies that are saying, we don't really need to have people meet in our office. However, we do need to have our conferences. We do need to have, even if it's a, a, a staff sales uh, gather, we need to bring people together to do those types of things. Um, and so I think it's going to take a little time to get back to the normal there. But I do believe that that will get back. Joe, this has been very insightful. Thank you very much. So I have one final question for you. What's keeping you up at night these days? You know, I think the biggest thing that's keeping me up at night is the unknown. Um, you know, sometimes <laughs> I wake up in the morning and go, is this reality, what we're living in? Is this pandemic really going on? Or was that just a nightmare that I had last night? Um, the, the reality is just the, the lack of confidence that you know what the solutions are. And that a lot of this is trial and error. Um, you know, we're all going to think we have great ideas and suggestions and, and, and really try to go forward. But we're not, we're not really sure what the outcome's going to be. That uncertainty, I think, is, is the thing that bothers me the most and, and worries me the most. Um, as I said before, we are going to come out of this. And I am totally confident that we will. We'll come out successfully. And, and those in the meeting world will realize that this is one more challenge that we had. But we will come out of it. Um, but it's just this uncertainty. When are we going to come out of it? What is there going to look like? Is there going to be another spike in the fall leading into the winter next year that, that makes things uh, uh, worse? And uh, I worry about those types of things. Um, long term, we're going to be fine. Short term is where my, my concerns lie. And any final thoughts for our listeners today? The only thing I want to say is just hang in there. Um, you know, we are one of the most resilient industries out there. And no industry has been hit as badly by this uh, pandemic than travel and tourism and meetings. And, um, and it's really scary for a lot of people. It is really difficult and challenging. Uh, we don't know what our future is, but do your best, hang in there, stay tight, stay close with your colleagues, uh, reach out to people, reach out to your customers. Um, it's just gonna be a time to show right now kind of what we're all made of. And um, we will get through this. And um, the destinations will come through. They'll be better. Um, they'll be different. Um, our meetings will look different, um, but we will get through this. Hang in there, stay tough, keep a positive attitude, and, uh, and we'll make it. And that was Joe D'Alessandro, President and CEO of SF Travel. Thanks for joining us today. We'll catch you on another spin.